Word for the day is peace. All right. Everybody say peace. peace. Now, this other word, everybody say tranquility. Tranquility. I, I like that word. So peace is inner tranquility. And we'll talk, we're, so that, that we're talking about peace today. But I want you to think for a second, uh, what, is, what is a place or a situation where, that makes you feel tranquil, like peace? So I'm, we're not talking about world peace or, you know, whatever. We're talking about inner peace. And I always think about this. I, my, one of my brothers has a, a lake house way up in northern Wisconsin. And I love, love getting up in the morning early with coffee, going down to the pier and sitting there looking at the lake that's totally peaceful. There's no boats on it. There's no jet skis. There's nothing moving. And for some reason, that's my, it's not my happy place, but it's my tranquil place. Like, I should probably tell my wife, um, you know, when I die, have my funeral right there on that pier. Not really, but, but I love that because it's that sense of, all right, and you, you, all have, you all have situations, maybe it's, maybe it's on your couch taking a nap, I don't know, but you all, we all have things, situations, or places that we kind of feel like, that's really good for my soul. So peace is the topic of the day, and we've, I've been doing a series called, Do You Want to Be Healed? And uh, experiencing the love of Jesus, and how do we, not healed physically, that's important, and that's what we're talking about in this series, it's more about healing in your soul, and a lot of us, myself included, probably have more worries and anxieties than we care to admit, which is not peaceful, and it's not good for our soul, so how does Jesus heal us so we can have peace in our souls in a a realistic, biblical kind of way? So uh, this whole series is based on Jesus' mission— According to Jesus, and this is in Luke chapter 4. We always read it every week. Go to the next slide. I think it's, yeah. So this is the mission of Jesus according to Jesus. why he said he came. And so part of why he said he came, yes, yes, he comes to, yes, we're going to go to heaven after we die. He forgives our sins. But he came to heal our beings, all right, to heal us so we'd be whole people again. And when he was at the, the synagogue at Nazareth, it was a daily kind of thing. It was his turn to read. He read this passage from the prophet Isaiah, which everybody there knew was describing the Messiah, the one who would bring peace. All right. So read this with me. This is, this is Jesus' words quoting from the prophet Isaiah, but this is the mission of Jesus according to Jesus. All right. Join me. Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. The time of the Lord's favor is this sense of God actually has good emotions and feelings toward you. He's, he's not mad at you kind of thing. So when you, if you read this in the sense of kind of the soul and peace, Jesus would, be say, Jesus would say, I came, to, I, come to, I came to help heal your heart and set you free so you would be full of peace. All right. So this week we're going to talk about peace. Next week we're going to talk about joy because Jesus talks about both of those. So, but to talk about peace, we're going to go to the passage. We're going to go to the night uh, hours before Jesus was betrayed. 
All right? So go to the next slide. This is hours before Jesus was betrayed. Where was he? They were in the upper room. They were having the, the Last Supper. And sometimes we call it, you know, the Last Supper. Some people call this part of the Gospel of John the Olivet Discourse, but it sounds so churchy. I'm just going to say this is, this is Jesus talking to his disciples around the table. Uh, Judas had already left, but it's Jesus and the other 11 they were just had the Passover meal. The other 11 had no idea what was, ha- what was, what was going to happen. Jesus knew this was it. He knew within a few hours he's going to be arrested, tortured, beaten. But he's having this conversation with him. So the Gospel of John, starting with 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, those four chapters are about what probably took place in about three hours. So John 13, I'm just just setting this up. So in John 13, Jesus had just washed the disciples' feet. He had already said something about somebody's going to betray him, and then Judas left. He had already told Peter he was going to deny him. All right, so he's having all this. He's sitting there, so you can imagine just Jesus at a table. It was probably a lower table. They usually sat on the ground. I'm not going to do that because we won't be able to get back up. So um, he's talking to them about what's happening what will be happening so chapter 13 wash his feet wash their feet so then in the uh chapter 14 so this is part of the ongoing conversation he says this all right so again this is if you if you look at those chapters in the bible most of the chapters if you have a red letter bible most of it's just jesus talking every once in a while the disciples will ask questions but this is one of the things jesus said and we're going to look at in terms of what does that mean for us with, to have peace. All right? He says this, I'm leaving you with the gift. Again, he's saying this to the 11 guys around the table. They don't know what's coming. He does. All right? I'm leaving you with the gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world can't give. Can't get this any other way. You can't get it through... World activities of the world can't get it through alcohol or drugs or television or football or whatever. You can't get it. There's a certain kind of peace. So I always call this supernatural peace. All right. So do not be troubled or afraid. Now, he starts chapter 14. I mean, he didn't start chapter 14. He starts the conversation by saying, do not be troubled or afraid. And then he repeats it again in in, uh, in the verse 27. So it's like, just stop for a second. And Jesus is telling us, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be troubled or afraid. Easier said than done, right? As any, if any of you have never struggled with anxiety or having a heart being troubled, then you need to leave the room because you don't need this, right? But the, when Jesus says, don't be troubled... Or afraid, troubled, the sense there is kind of like agitated. Don't let your heart be agitated. Don't be stirred up. Don't be upset. So it's a, it's a strong word. Don't let your heart be troubled. And he says that. And, and again, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, sounds like a command. And it sounds like you just need to stop doing it. Don't let your heart be troubled. 
But how do you live a life where your heart's not troubled? And is it as easy as what he says? And if it is, then what are we supposed to do? Because this is one of those things where in some church circles, they would just say, you shouldn't be anxious. Well, for those of us who have dealt with anxiety, that doesn't make it, oh, I didn't know that. I won't be anxious anymore. It doesn't work that way, right? Because we're like, right? So, go to the next slide. I, I, I age myself. You can't see this totally. It's not, who, who knows who Bob Newhart is? All right. Anybody over 50 knows who Bob Newhart is. So, it, it was, he was a TV, uh, it was a sitcom, and he was a TV therapist. But this particular, I have a picture of it, but I, you can Google it sometime. This is from like a, the equivalent of a Saturday Night Live skit. He's playing this funny therapist and he's sitting across the table from the woman and she comes in and she says um, here's my problem um, I have this fear of being buried alive in a box and he's like well okay um, this will only take about five minutes because uh, the advice I give you will be helpful and it's really short so I won't even charge you the full rate and she goes okay she goes, well, my fear is I, I, I have this fear and anxiety. I'm going to be buried alive in a box. And, and he just says, well, here's, I told you, really, listen really carefully. She says, should I take notes? He goes, no, no, I'm just going to say two words. Most people can remember it. And he goes, here's my two words about how to deal with that. And he yells, stop it. And she's like, what do you, and he, she goes, what do you mean? He goes, S-T-O-P space I-T, stop it. Stop being worried and anxious and fearful. And she's like, well, how do I do that? I don't know. Just stop it. And then she says, then she says, well, but you don't understand my family background. Mom, he goes, no, 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 no. We don't go there. We don't go there. Well, but I ha- I've had these issues in my life and my relationship problems. And he goes, no, no, no. We don't go there either. He goes, stop it. And she's like, well, what about my other like she says, I have, I, have, I have codependent friendships with guys, and I'm not really good at dating. And she's, he says, stop it. And then she said, well, I have these other addictions. He says, stop it. Stop it. And he, it's, the whole thing is, it's, it's funny, but it's also hard because sometimes what we feel like we're told, sometimes in the Christian world is, or we, people who take the Bible wrongly, it's just, well, you're anxious, stop it. The Bible says, don't be anxious, so stop it. But you know, and I know, it's not that easy. So if Jesus is telling us, don't be troubled or afraid, you can go to the next slide, John, it comes back to the same verse. If he's telling us that, then he's not just being a, a comedic, sick therapist just saying, stop it, 11 guys, stop being afraid, stop being troubled. And I'm saying that that's for us too. So let's unpack this a little bit. Um, so again, this, um, this is the verse that's just going to stay up there. So, again, so him and 11 guys. And the, his, the, if, if you were to read 14, 15, 16, he talks, and they ask a lot of questions. Like they don't understand. I'm giving the context here. Like they ask him, like, well, who's going who's 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 to betray you? And Jesus, you say you're going. Where are you going? And Thomas is like, we have no idea where you're going. And then... Uh, another one says, well, why are you just showing yourself to us and not the world? They're totally confused still. And at one point they even say, what, what, is he, what do you mean when you say in a little while you won't see me, but then I, you will see me? They're just totally confused. 
Not unlike you, can, you and I can be when it comes to things. I don't get it. When you, so there's this, there's this almost this cloud of a little bit of confusion over them, but you, we've experienced that. But then in the midst of that, in the midst of this comment about don't be troubled or afraid that he says two or three times, he also says, I'm promising you the Holy Spirit. He says, the Holy Spirit's going to be in you. Right now, he's with you, but he's going to be in you. Um, he's going to teach you things. He's going to remind you of all that I said. You can ask for anything in my name, and I'll give it to you. If you just remain in me and remain in my words, and you obey my commands, then it almost when you stop there, it's like, oh, so is that what I have to do to stop being troubled? To let my heart be troubled, I just need to believe what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in me. I need to obey the commands of Jesus. And if I do A and B, is the result going to be no more troubled heart and no more fear about anything in my life? But you can't stop there because what's also true in this whole scenario of this conversation he also tells them the hard things are going to be coming. So he didn't just say, hey, by the way, the Holy Spirit's going to come and make it really easy for you. He also, tell, he also predicted someone's going to betray him. He told Peter, you're going to deny me. So again, let's, this is not a tranquil environment. He actually said to them, the world's going to persecute you. The world's going to hate you. You'll be kicked out of the synagogues, and some of you will be killed. But... Don't be troubled or afraid. It's like, come on, Jesus, what do you mean don't be troubled or afraid? You just told us that our world could be turned upside down. We're going to be kicked out. We're, some of us are going to be killed. We're going to be hated and persecuted. And you say, don't be troubled or afraid? Well, is that possible? Because, again, maybe some of your heart being troubled or my heart being troubled, anxious, fearful. It may not be because you're being persecuted or kicked out of churches or whatever, but we still understand that in the world, Jesus even said this, in the world you're going to have trouble. So we all have that. So how do we obey this last line of Jesus? Don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Because it's easier said than done, right? Now, what's interesting too, Jesus tells them, don't be troubled or afraid. But just probably minutes, maybe a half hour before, he told them his heart was troubled. Because he knew what was coming. He said, my heart's troubled because one of you will betray me. It's the exact same word. My heart's troubled. So wait a minute. So wait, you're telling us not to be troubled, but it's okay if you are, Jesus? And then when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, my heart is deeply troubled. So wait a minute. If we're not supposed to be troubled, but you were, Jesus, that kind of messes me up a little bit. I don't know what that means. So my conclusion from that is it's not sinful to have a troubled heart. But I think Jesus is saying if it stays that way, then you're not really understanding what I'm doing for you with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus had a troubled heart. He wasn't being sinning. He was troubled about what was coming with the cross. He was troubled about one of them betraying him. But then he tells them, don't be troubled. Even though he just told them, I'm, I'm troubled. But I think what he's getting at is, yeah, you're, there's going to be times where your heart is agitated. 
doesn't need to stay that way. I mean, silly example. My heart was agitated yesterday about something. You know what it was? I couldn't get the McDonald's app to work correctly on my phone. I was trying to get a buy one, get one free, and it kept saying, we're sorry, we're having problems on our end. So I'm sitting in the parking lot of McDonald's trying to get this app deal, and I was getting agitated. And I actually thought to myself, this, my agitation is totally ridiculous here. But I still was. I mean, that's a silly example, but I, I'm guessing all of you have been agitated about something in the last couple of weeks. Something, something your spouse does, your child does, your neighbor does, your boss does, or the stupid McDonald's app not working, right? So I was agitated, and I thought, okay, getting agitated I don't think is sinful. If you stay that way, then you're not accessing the resource. I actually said, Jesus, this is, I, I know this is stupid. I feel so agitated by the stupid McDonald's app. Maybe I shouldn't call the McDonald's app stupid. They, they can't help it, right? But I, I actually thought, I don't, this is, this is a small, small, small thing to be agitated about. I've been agitated about bigger things, and so have you. Your heart's been troubled about bigger things. You know, the waves on the ocean or lake of your heart have been all over the place at times. So the fact that your heart gets troubled is not the issue, but does it stay troubled? Because Jesus says, you're going to have the Holy Spirit in you. I'm going to be with you in those situations. The Holy Spirit's going to be able to remind you what I said. And the Holy Spirit's going to be able to teach you. So there's, there, there seems to be something about the Holy Spirit in us, supernatural again, that doesn't, it doesn't protect us from being agitated but it can heal us from letting agitation take root in your heart and staying that way, where you become easily agitated or agitated at people all the time, right? So having an agitated heart being troubled is not so much the issue, but do you stay that way? And does it happen often? Uh, friend of mine used the analogy of, he said, you know, it's kind of like you, you, you think the gas, the gas grill is off, so it's not hot anymore, but he said his measurement of being a forgiving person was not, does he ever get irritated again at, at the forgiveness issue, but it's, does the, does the flame come on less often, and does it go down more quickly? So to me, same thing with agitated, if my, if my heart is troubled, and I have a habit of having a heart, troubled heart, and other people around me might know that, then somehow I'm not connecting with the Holy Spirit on this one. Or if when I get agitated, it grows, and the agitation becomes like this huge flame. I mean, again, silly McDonald's app, right? But I had to remind myself when I was, because I was getting the, the buy one, get one free bagel for my wife, Kathy, who's nine years, she's in Minnesota. So I started getting agitated at Kathy for wanting the bagel that the app wouldn't do. But you know what I'm talking about. So I had to remind myself, I cannot let the agitation affect my relationship with her because it's not her fault the app's not working. Right? But you, I think you know what I mean. When you have a troubled heart, we often take it out relationally on others. So when Jesus is saying, don't let your heart be troubled or don't be afraid, you're able to stop 
in some moment and allow the Holy Spirit to bring peace into that situation. He doesn't even say, don't be troubled or afraid. The McDonald's app will work soon for you. I mean, it never worked for me yesterday, right? So he doesn't say, I'm going to solve the problem. But he's saying you don't need to stay agitated about life anymore. So you might have financial problems, health problems, relational problems, and they, in that sense, may not go away or may not go the way you want. But Jesus is saying you don't need to stay agitated about it. I can give you peace that the world can't give. The Holy Spirit can give you peace. And he's saying that to guys that he knows every single one of them eventually will die because they follow Jesus. And he's saying, you can have peace. And I'm agitated a little bit, little McDonald's app. I can't imagine the agitation that I, you could feel when you're being persecuted for following Jesus, unfairly, unjustly, arrested. Many of them, most of the disciples ended up were beaten or whipped or whatever, and then some, all of them were killed. So it's like, He's saying you can have the word, he can give you a kind of peace even in those situations? If he can do that, then he can do, the Holy Spirit then could bring peace to, almost, to all the issues we might feel agitated about. And again, I'm not, please hear me. It's not wrong to feel agitated. But if agitation is a norm of your lifestyle, there's something there you've got to check in with God about. Or if your agitation stays and comes, blows up into a forest fire that affects all your relationships, there's something else that you got to check in with the Holy Spirit about and ask him. And I, and I actually, as silly as it might be, I even asked, I asked the Holy Spirit yesterday, and it does seem like whenever I preach on some of these issues, God makes that an issue in my life that week. And again, it's a small thing, McDonald's app, bacon, egg, and cheese bagels, buy one, get one free though. So, but I, I said, okay, Jesus, why is this bothering me so much? What, what's going on that I'm so agitated by this? I, I, I can be bothered by it, but I felt agitated. I felt like I was, peace was elusive on this silly little thing. So, do I, do I have an easy answer, do this and get peace? There's not an easy answer, but I will say this. We know peace is possible because Jesus told us we could have it. Secondly, it does seem like there's some degree of the Holy Spirit allowing you to have good self-reflection. Like when I could actually stop and say, okay, what is going on with this stupid McDonald's app agitation I'm feeling? Or sometimes even worse, what's going on when I'm feeling agitated about my wife about something that wasn't even her fault, but I'm agitated anyway? Or at one of my kids, or at somebody, somebody who's driving next to me and I don't even know, why am I agitated so much at them? What's going on in me that agitation is so easily takes root and sometimes explodes? So, peace is possible. Supernatural peace. Peace he gives that the world can't give tranquility of soul is possible even in agitating circumstances so it's possible so we, at least we know we can pursue it you can't say well just me you know no it's possible and then secondly if it's possible there must be some way the holy spirit some tool some way he is with us that helps us and i would just challenge just think about this stopping and asking whether it's the mcdonald's app or whatever what, what's going on in me? Why do I feel so agitated? Or Holy Spirit, help me. This, or 
you know, you're laying awake in the middle of the night and you're worried about paying the bills for next month and you know what the issue is, but you can still say, I've actually whispered out loud, Holy Spirit, I don't understand this. Or Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. I've actually said this before. Jesus, I'm anxious about blank and I don't know what to do about it. Just sounds simple and I took me a number of years. Just have the conversation with Jesus. I'm anxious about this. I don't know why. Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm, I'm ticked off about this, and I don't know why. And I feel like it's, something's disproportionate in me, and you said I could have this peace the world can't give me, peace of mind and heart, so I believe you can do it. I want that. So help me. Show me. So you, we, there's no, you know, one, two, three. Well, if you do this and do this and this, you're, all your problems will go away, and you'll have peace of mind and heart. It seems as if it's this relational process with the Holy Spirit where we simply have to keep asking him, help me. Help me see this. Help me figure out why this is so agitating for me. Um, there was a... This, is, this will age me again as well. But there used to be a TV... There used to be a, a, a shampoo called Prell. Okay, all the people over 50, like, yes. Ryan's looking at me like I have no idea what you're talking about, right? And they used to have a commercial about how thick it was... And they had this bottle of Prell, and they would put like a pearl in it. Don't you remember that? And they would drop it, and they would just show how slow the pearl was going down, like how thick this is. And that, for some reason, even as like a, I was a kid then, but I remember that. My wife always says, how do you remember all those commercials? Like, I watched a lot of TV, I guess. I don't know. But I remember thinking that that just looked so peaceful on the way down. But then I thought, from that years later, I thought sometimes what I feel like in my soul is the peace starts to, you know, I feel like my heart starts to get peaceful, right? Then somebody hits the high button on the blender. It's like, right? But I thought this is what Jesus said we can have. We can have peace. There could be a tranquility and circumstances in life. And Satan knows how to push the buttons. The world knows how to push the buttons, and our flesh knows how to push the buttons. And all of a sudden, just, but it's like, no, no, I, I don't want that. I'm not going to live that way. I'm not going to treat my kids or my wife unlovingly because I'm agitated about money or future or health or McDonald's apps. I'm going to make sure that I... So, so it's possible, because Jesus said it is. And what's interesting is he said this twice in the conversation that the night he was hours before I was betrayed... And, uh, and then we'll, go, we'll finish with this one. This is, the, this is the last time he said it in this conversation. He had just spent, you know, who knows. If you read chapters 14 and 15 and 16 together, it might take you, I don't know, 20 minutes. So he spent 20 minutes telling them about the Holy Spirit, about persecution, about getting kicked out of the synagogue, about supernatural peace and all this stuff. And then he said, I've told you all this. He uses that phrase like three times. I'm telling you this because, I'm telling you this because, I've told you this because. I'm telling you all this so that you may have peace in me. So he's talking, Jesus is big on peace. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. I thought you were supposed to take those away from us, Jesus. No, you're going to have them. All right, you're going to have trials and sorrows. But take heart because I've overcome the world. So, Peace is possible. Trials and sorrows are still going to be there, but peace in the midst of that 
is going to be supernatural. And it's possible because Jesus promised it. But you've got to engage in the conversation with Jesus and the Holy Spirit about those things. And then, you'll, if you remember, which maybe you don't, when he resurrected, and the first time he showed up to the disciples, when he walked through the wall and showed up to the disciples, and they were scared to death in this room, you remember what Jesus said to them? First thing he said was, peace be to you. And he said that with someone at the tomb. I can't remember if it was John or Mary at the tomb. He said, peace. So he was saying there's, there's peace, a kind of peace that's possible supernaturally to all of you because of the resurrection and the world's trials and sorrows and agitation and McDonald's apps will not take that away from you. It can't give it to you. can't take it away from you. You might struggle with it. You have some high, you know, times the blender's on high, but overall, the Holy Spirit will help you understand how to live a life that you are peaceful. Not, I'll finish with this. Not, the Buddhist, this is, the Buddhist option of peace is stop letting things bother you. It's the Buddhist option of peace is have no more desires, because if you don't desire things to work out, you'll never be disappointed. So Buddhist answer to peace is stop desiring. Have no desires. Don't, don't want a better marriage. Don't want more money. Don't want anything. If you don't want anything, you'll never be agitated for not getting it. The gospel of Jesus is no. He's going he's gonna to infuse your desires with passion. Passion for him. But your desires matter. You will have trials and sorrows. But supernaturally, I'm going to give you the peace. You can get, I suppose you can get a false kind of peace, a false nirvana, if you just stop wanting everything. But Jesus is like, no, no. Your desires matter. You want life and hope and peace and prosperity. We want all that. It doesn't matter. Things are going to happen that are going to challenge that and agitate you. But in the midst of that situation, you can still be peaceful. And as I'm preaching this sermon, I could probably preach this sermon with a big mirror in front of me because I'm saying that to myself. Um, peace seems elusive, but again, Jesus promised it. So the last question for the day is then this, do you want to be healed? And part of the healing on this is simply being willing to have the conversation with Jesus about the things that um, trouble your heart. Might be someone in your family, maybe money, maybe health. It's just talk to Jesus about it. I don't mean that in a simplistic way, but sometimes it is. I'll talk out loud to myself in the car. Okay, Jesus, I don't know what to do with this. And I'm, I'm not being, you know, schizophrenic or anything. I'm just saying it out loud because sometimes saying it out loud, I don't know if I don't hear an audible voice back, but I, it helps me kind of realize, okay, Jesus cares about even these things. He cares about my frustration with the McDonald's app. He doesn't care about the bagels. He cares about my heart. And why am I getting that way? And I want him to heal me from that. I don't want to get agitated at those things. I don't want to get agitated when my wife puts the silverware upside down in the dishwasher when it's supposed to go this way or whatever, all right? So I don't want to get agitated at those things. I don't want to be, let alone if and when it ever comes of being persecuted for the name of Jesus or treated poorly because of the name of Jesus, I want to know what supernatural peace looks like in that situation. So uh, let me pray. Jesus, there's, uh, I'm sure if all of us listed uh, the categories of things that agitate us, that cause us, that steals our tranquility, that tr- steals peace, 
we could, we could put a list together of 100 things in probably 10 minutes. The things that uh, each of us individually are anxious about or our hearts feel troubled about, agitated. And um, God, we give that list to you. So whether someone here is a troubled heart about life circumstance, troubled heart about financial circumstance, troubled heart about health, troubled heart about relationships, troubled heart about someone they love who is in a bad situation or a bad place, but we might feel heavy-hearted or even troubled about it, we give that to you. We're not throwing it away or giving away like we don't think about it, but we're going to give the solution of those issues to you. And we're going to trust what we said at the beginning of the service in the opening line of Psalm 23 is you are our shepherd and we have everything we need. So Jesus, we do give everyone and everything to you. And in doing that, we're we're relinquishing our control over solving the problem of our lack of peace. We're letting you have it so you can teach us how to get to that place. So we love you, Jesus. Um, And just this whole conversation you have with your disciples was just moments before you were going to be arrested, betrayed. It's amazing that you know what peace is like because you, you went through everything that could agitate us. But you went through it with the supernatural help from your Father, and that therefore we can be followers of you because there's no one like you, Jesus. There's no one like you. So we follow you because there's no one like you. No one can give us uh, better counsel or advice, and no one can give us the supernatural power to be the kind of people we want to be, and that's full of life, supernatural peace, and supernatural joy. That's only you. And we love you, Jesus, and we ask this on your name. Amen.